Good morning, everybody. Do you like the weather? I love it. I could live here. Absolutely. This is more like it. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. I like it when you can wake up every day and it's another good day, don't you? I mean, some of us, come on, Brits, it's like hit and miss, isn't it? All four seasons every four days sometimes, but here we go, it's sunny, hallelujah. So I'm, I'm liking this, finally. I've got my crop trousers on. I did have smart trousers on, but Vicky said, mm, didn't quite go with the kind of t-shirt you've got on. <laughs> Can you, Jesus loves my city. I was, I was in, it's, it's actually an organization, uh, uh, um, and I was at a conference in Liverpool last weekend, and what they do is for several days in a row, they have... Uh, in the mornings, they run what you would think of as a Christian conference with speakers and worship and ministry, and it's great. But in the afternoon, everybody just heads on the streets, and there's healings and people getting saved, usually 30, 40, 50 a day getting saved. And then in the evenings, they just worship and baptize those who got saved and want to get baptized and pray for the sick and stuff like that. It's wild, and it's called Jesus Loves My City. I think we should have them in Hull sometime, don't you? And have some fun with them. They're great, great guys. Um, so I just thought I'd tell you about my T-shirt. It has nothing to do with my message whatsoever. But um, So today, really, we're going to end up, by the end of today, praying for the team and church members that will be heading to Kingswood uh, to plant the new campus there at the beginning of of September. So that's a few weeks away, but next week we're going to be talking about West Hull and what we're going to be doing in Cottingham and West Hull. Um, uh, Then the bank holiday weekend, there is no service in Hull, the 28th of August, and then the 4th of September, I believe it is, we launch into these two campuses. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, how we got to where we are and how God has led us, and some other things that are going to go on. Uh, And then Andrew's going to come and share some vision for the Kingswood campus, and then we're going to pray for everything that moves. Does that sound okay? I love it. I feel like I'm in a Spanish church. All the ladies have got their little wafty things out, and some of the men too. Well well done, men. Um, I like it. You've got your little fans out. Romans 8, 28. Anybody know what it says? God works all things together for good for those that love him. God works all things together for good. He'll take every, as I've heard one preacher put, ingredient in the cake of your life, good, bad, and ugly. Who's got some good stuff in their life? Oh, please, everybody, at least raise a finger. Do you know what I mean? At least raise an eyebrow for me. We'll just have to really pounce on you and pray for you and fill your pockets with money. So at least you've got one good thing. Oh, He takes every ingredient, the good, the bad. Anybody had bad? Yeah, I, I think everybody in the room at different levels, absolutely. You think you're having a bad day, then you think of that friend that's going through things that are a hundred times worse than you're going through, and you go, I don't even know how I'd survive that. And here I am, miserable that I can't get my Sky package to work. Right. Um, so it's all relative, isn't it? The good, the bad, and the ugly. We have some ugly stuff, but here's God's promise. Um, Uh, The good, the bad, and the ugly, he will work it all together for your good. He has the capacity to weave it into destiny. And he promises, my child, my son, my daughter, we're going to work all this stuff together for good. The good that I gave you, wonderful. The bad that I sent to grow you, we're going to use that wonderfully too. Because God doesn't make life a bed of roses. But it doesn't mean that everything bad that comes our way was God's plan, is it? Let's not be too simplistic. God is a good father. And there's also ugly things that are simply part of the war that we're in. God didn't send it. 
God doesn't want it, but he says that the devil dared to touch you, my child. I'm going to bring glory out of that area. It wasn't even in your destiny, but I'm going to increase your destiny because he dared to touch you. Come on, somebody, because he dared to touch that relative, touch you, touch your body, bring cancer. I am going to increase the blessing on your life, not just now, but for eternity because he touched your children or your grandchildren. I am going to increase the favor on your life because you're my child. Come on, you've got a child that goes through a tough time, what do you do? You double the treats, you double the blessings. Come on, somebody. Am I preaching to Pentecostals this morning? You increase the blessing because he's a good, good father. So listen, when the devil touched your life, you just know this. I call it divine revenge. Now, it's never getting your own back at people. Just leave that to God. But he will bless you with glory for every area where there was suffering. That's our God. He will work it together for good. Uh, Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Oh, you know this one. Acknowledge him and he will make your way straight. Now, you can't just say he will make my way straight. It's automatic. He will make the way straight for those that trust him when they have to look at the bad and the ugly and go, really, God? Are you doing this? Or the the one that's harder to understand is usually, are you even allowing this of the devil, God? I don't get that. And who knows, probably our greatest area of faith in life is going to be, God, I, I don't know what's going on, but I trust you who knows what's going on. And I can't, with my human capacity, understand why you'd even allow that. But God, you're a good, good father. And, and we do live in a world that it's even too nice to put it this way, isn't it? That's full of rough and tumble. It is full of violence and horror. Let's be honest. And that is the wickedness of sin. But listen, a million years from now, you and I, let's get together. 10.30 on a Sunday morning. You're going to be there in a corner of heaven. We'll have the new life stroke revive stroke fig tree reunion meeting. And every one of us will look each other in the eye while we eat our patty and a bread cake and chips with chip spice. And none of the rest of heaven will know, have a clue what's going on. Still don't know what a patty and a bread cake is. But we will look each other in the eye. And he said, our father worked it all together for good. There were days, weeks, months, sometimes even years that we hated and we did not understand, but we clung on in trust, sometimes in mere hope, but it was just enough of a smidge of trust for him to straighten the way before us, and God came through. If you're in one of those dark times, trust him. He's a good father. Could be a test from him, but very often the worst things are the enemy daring to touch us. But listen, if he allows him to dare to touch you, it's because he knows you will get through stronger and he is lining you up for blessing. Amen. So let's trust God with all of that kind of stuff. I was, uh, I was ministering in a meeting a few months ago and um, <laughs> this is what destiny is like. Uh, I, I, pray for, I, I get the privilege of praying for thousands of people. That, that's kind of my job, isn't it? So I get to pray for lots of people in church services. And I have to say, in 32 years of ministry, I've never known anybody fall on the floor and hurt themselves. 
You'd never known it. I mean, very often you'll find I hold people's hands and things like that because I know the heavy-handed preacher can sometimes be, you know, adding a little push to the Holy Spirit if they're keen for it to look like things are happening. So I, I've never been into the kind... I remember once being in a service and every there's 350 people there. I, somebody was ministering and everybody was on the floor and I thought, well, I'm not going down. And, and I didn't. Uh, they tried all they could. They were shampooing my hair and everything. But in the end, it was 350 bodies on the floor and me in the middle of the room saying, now nah, where you you over, right? Let's let the Holy Spirit do its work. But anyway, I just touched the hand of this one woman and she went down violently. By the end of the service, there was an ambulance there. She was being violently sick. Uh, uh, she was obviously very, very hurt and in agony. So I, I drive back from this place. Thankfully, it wasn't in Hull. I drive back from this place. And of course, I'm, I'm devastated. I've never known that in 32 years uh, because it's either the Holy Spirit or it's not. Amen. And I, I know others who have done it, plenty of them, but it's usually heavy-handed preachers. If the Holy Spirit's working, I tell you, I've seen people crash through crowds of other people and not hurt a soul. But don't go near them. Don't make it anything to do with human, uh, humans. Anyway, so I text the next morning, the people who organized the event, how was that lady? That was, I've never known that. That was devastating. They're, well, she's in hospital right now having tests. And, and yeah, don't worry. We, we saw you. You didn't push, push her. It's fine. And Anyway. Two weeks later, I get an email. You're never going to believe this. The woman who fell to the floor had some kind of a stone in her system that when she hit the floor, it got dislodged and began to cause immense pain. That's why we called the ambulance. That's why she was sick. Now she's had tests. They've opened her up to remove the stone and discovered that some of her organs were dying. Had she not had the stone move and experienced the pain, they never would have opened her up to realize that her organs were dying in her body. The fall saved her life. He works all things together for good. But on the night, I was like, oh God, I don't want to be sued. You know, some pain, God might just be saving our lives. Amen? That's our God. So let's trust him. Let's trust him. So I want to talk a little bit about where we're heading uh, 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 as a church. Let me do, because we're, we're about to, if you don't know, we're about to shift into two campuses here in Hull. We're going to take this group and we're going to have a group continue to meet here. And Chris is going to lead that group and there's a team and we'll be talking about them next week. And then there's a group heading off with Andrew to Kingswood where we've been investing for a number of years. I'll talk about that in a minute. And uh, uh, the whole thing is that we want to see Hull reached. Amen. Do you know there is no such thing as a church attender? So if you're an attender, you're missing God's job description for your life. There is only missionaries and disciples. And so we absolutely know that the right thing to do with God, however you do it, is to try and get all of us, as many as can physically do, and around the parameters of work and all those things, mobilized to reach the world for the gospel. Amen? And so that's what we're going after. We're going after souls. And I love it that we're starting to have baptism after baptism in Driffield and Ghoul and Hull. It's all beginning to bubble up again. It means things are getting healthy. Amen? But you might also wonder, so what's What's Jared going to do if, if Andrew's going to do this and Chris is going to do that? Well, we are going to start Revive Hawaii. <laughs> Jesus loves my Honolulu. That's all I would do. Don't you think it's good? So, no, we're not going to be doing that. Basically, there's some areas of underinvested 
ministry that I wanted to do for years. And in fact, I wanted to increase before we hit uh, lockdown, but was very aware with lockdown coming in, which really transformed so many things um, uh, that we just had to kind of play steady Eddie for a couple of years and get through. But I really believe we're standing at an exciting open door and I can feel the fresh air of a new season coming. So um, five of the things that I'm going to be doing really quickly before we get into talking about Kingswood. Um, I'm going to be developing the whole area of, <clears throat> and these were uh, supposed to happen starting 2020. Uh, we had global summits, conferences and training happening in a lot of countries. We had them planned for Valencia and Nice and Johannesburg and Cape Town and Gibraltar. So we were lining up summits and many of you were coming on teams to those places uh, and uh, on mission with us. Do you know the only one that we got done before lockdown happened was Grimsby. It was a great time in Grimsby. We had a really, really good time. But I just really believe in talking to a lot of the churches that we were connected with around the world. They want those to come back. Some of them do. And so we're going to be developing, uh, getting out internationally, going into all the world to inspire revival and equip believers and stuff like that, which is part of our call. And many of you are going to be able to come on mission with us to those places. So all that is being uh, revived. The second area is the whole area of media. As you know, if you've been around a couple of decades, you know that we've been very involved in media over the years, and, but that's been kind of sat to one side for a few years now while we've had to deal with local stuff. But again, we're in a blessed position where God TV and TBN and UCB are essentially saying, what would you like to do, Revive? You can do anything you want. So we just need space and time to develop some of those opportunities with the media organizations around the world, which uh, we see real blessing. The other, the third area is the whole area of the Revive Collective, which is our network of churches, which is very underinvested. Apart from a meeting most months, we haven't really, I haven't had space and time to invest in the collective uh, properly. And there's about 20 churches and ministries and businesses collect, uh, connected into the Revive Collective. So uh, we really want to begin to develop our, our connections and our ministry into churches around the country and even beyond that with some exciting stuff that's developing. Uh, the fourth thing is the whole area of the tribe. Uh, so uh, during lockdown, we developed this whole new charity called The Tribe, which is an online learning community. Before lockdown, we had about 20, 25 people in classes, in training most weeks. Now we have hundreds of people online around the world through this innovative way of learning. So we're going to be investing in stuff like that. Then the fifth one, which kind of most excites me and would be most interesting to you this morning, so listen up if you blanked out over the global bits, I totally understand that, it only excites some. Here's the fifth area that I'm going to be investing in, and really it goes back almost 10 years ago, we began to invest in smaller locations around the region, and little did we know, we didn't call them this then, um, but it's very uh, on point and on trend and lots of churches are talking about the concept of missional communities and groups of people that, that don't want to run what you might call a full church with a Sunday morning service and a PA system and a Sunday school and a youth group, but there's groups of people that want to reach where they live 
or where they work, and they're passionate about it. And these days they call them missional communities. We call them outreach locations. And at the moment, we currently have six outreach locations around the region. It began 10 years ago through a prophetic word through Jean Darnell. Long story, you've heard it before, so just recollect it if you can. But essentially the word was this. I see fire going up from the Humber right through East Yorkshire. And this sense, after some months of praying, that we were to spread across the region. The difficulty of a commuter church is you all gather in one place once a week, but never really reach together the place we come from. And that's a real big issue because there's no such thing biblically as a church attender. There is only missionaries. We're all here call to go reach people. So we're, we've been using this shape for 10 years to try and reach back into communities and have seen hundreds of people saved over the decade in areas around the region, which is great. Now, I am as excited about these missional communities as I am about what's going to happen in Kingswood and West Hull. The fact that several people can get together and say, we want to transform a workplace, a, a business, the street on which we live, the suburb, the village on which we live. And what it is, is groups of, let's say, anything from two to 10 or 12 people, essentially a small group, you might say, who get together and say, but we don't want to be a cozy small group. It's not enough to talk about the fruit of the Spirit one more time and eat more cake. Amen? That's not going around the world, is it? Just keep eating all that cake. We must reach the people where we live. And the questions of, so who have you led to the Lord recently? Or who's your disciple? Or who are you taking on the journey to try and bring them to Jesus? Which is the charge to every one of us. We really want to facilitate groups that want to do that, but don't want to plant the church. And the great thing is that more and more places are recognizing the reality that we can go reach people without having to plant a church. How's about it's just, you know, you and me, a dusty street, some little old village hall once a month or maybe even just twice a year, an alpha course, a coffee shop. Do you know what some people are doing in Hull? One of the churches has started Bible studies in coffee shops. And all they do is instead of doing it in a home, instead of doing it in the church building, let's do exactly the same Bible study, six of us in the corner of a coffee shop. By week three, the regulars are going, so what are you all doing? Oh, we're having a Bible study. Oh, can I join you? And people are getting saved. And you know what? With some of these groups, even the people leading the groups, not quite sure entirely if they're saved yet. Because all you do with this particular kind of Bible study is read a passage and ask four questions about it. And there is a move, and it's international right now, and it's kind of building on the stuff we've been experimenting with for a decade to just get together. You don't need the infrastructure of an entire church to pray for someone on the street or have a Bible study in a coffee shop or a hairdresser's or have, <laughs> hint, hint, or a, bi- you know, a, a, a Bible study on the, on the, in a park corner or get out a guitar and sing. Every one of us are called to go reach people. And here's the thing. Most people in this room are not called to do what I do. Thank God, right? I'd be out of a job if, you know. (laughs) But every one of us has gifts. Things that when I, you know, some of you, when you cook, well, I just think it's supernatural. I I can see God all over that kitchen. Some of you, when you smile, I mean, you're not, you know, 
introverted and a bit of a misery like me because I'm quite introverted. I, I have to push the smile from down here up to my face and then, and then talk. But some of you, you just got it with people. You talk to anyone. If we put some of you northerners in London chatting at the bus stop, you'd terrify half of London. You see, you've got a gift, you've got a call, and no, it doesn't mean I need to become the pastor of a church or a youth leader or a worship leader, but you're called to gossip the gospel all over the region, bringing the love and the fire of Jesus Christ. Church is not 10.30 on a Sunday morning. It's what we're doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And we've come out of, we're coming out of lockdown, essentially with three campuses and six missional communities that we call outreach locations. Here's why I'm talking about it. I'm laboring it. I want more because I actually think it's probably the most productive thing that people can do. And here's an area that I'm personally investing into. I want to release missional communities all over the region. It was down in Louth on... When was that? Wednesday, was it? I forget the day. Uh, um, just going, oh, it's great. You just go around and look at where the coffee shops are. And you think, what could we do here? And so the missional community just starting in Louth, one just starting in Heading. Keith and Christine, we're, we're, we're talking about it. And what, where, where could we meet? And to be honest, the meeting is, is the, as in a PA system and a preacher. only has to happen a couple of times a year. What's much more important is, how's this? Can you do this? Coffees, chats. Gospel gossip, uh, infiltrating some of the local groupings and council and people that plan things and village councils and all this. So let, let me just, because you might go, well, where are they? Bruff, Driffield, the Quadrant, of course, which is a, 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 a different one again, a, a completely established Outreach ministry for decades, reaching the poor in the quadrant. We love you, Ian and Lynn. You think you're awesome. And really praying that it goes from strength to strength has really been on your heart. But here's the thing. This can be everything from a decades-long charity turning over a lot of money and reaching into the community powerfully right through to two people living in a village going, right, what are we going to do to reach this village? And we're not, we're not trying to have 200 people in a village hall. It is really. So who's the two or three or four that God might give us? Do you know if every single Christian on the planet reached two, three or four people each, the whole planet would be saved. It's all it is. We, we think it's big numbers. You've got to have Billy Graham. That would be a good work now, wouldn't it? Billy Graham in here and get fires and say, no, if we all just did what the captain told us to do and just aimed at one, two, three, four, the planet would be saved. It's doable. Tell someone next to you it's doable. Yeah. So turn it back and say, so you do it then. Go on. So you do it then. The preacher said it was doable, so you do it. Right. And so we are looking at establishing these missional communities, doing alpha coffee shop stuff, walks, groups, healing meetings, or just prayer on the street. Do you know that Costa Coffee, who I think someone high up must be a Christian, because you can now just book a table in Costa Coffee and be having appointments to pray for the sick all day during opening hours. Not just book it in the evening that we've all done before. They now say you can have a table and you can do healing in Costa whenever you want. Come on, church. You don't even need to be a preacher. you just got to be somebody who can talk. And if you can't talk, cook. 
sometimes it's even better, isn't it? And here's the thing I want us to grasp too. And this is really important, New Era-wise. I believe God has been judging in the church big C all empire building and ego. And, you know, it's got to be big and branded and ours. And the money goes into what we can see success and fruit from. That is so Old era stinkiness. I can see why we had to have the drive to push us through. Into, and the church has come a long way in the last 40 years. But I believe God is calling for a higher level of purity because we're asking for a higher level of revival, right? And so here's the purity. It, and this, I want this to be the spirit of this family wherever we are. That let's go get people saved and we do not care what church they then go to. Let's fill every Anglican, Baptist, Catholic. Let's fill every Pentecostal church in the region. It's not about getting people to commute back into here so we can get bigger and feel like we're a success. We shouldn't need that. We absolutely need to go. We don't care where you go. We live to embed people in other church communities. How's about that? The only name we want to raise over the region is Jesus. The only purpose is his kingdom. If people leave this church and go to another, the church does not get smaller. We don't care. We're not trying to get bigger. We're trying to get a job done. Amen? So if you want to start a missional community, you need to talk to me. And it can be two of you, ten of you. It could be a current house group, small group that already meets and you go, but we know we need to be more missional. We can't just do revive at home teachings till Jesus comes. We want to reach the area. And let's talk about how we can do that with your gifts designed with the creativity that enables you to be innovative, experiment, have fun, fail, succeed. We're here to go out and reach people. Amen? So that's the fifth area that I'm investing into, is how can we reach this region and get on with doing it quickly? Amen? And, you know, Bruff, proud of the guys there. They've just finished an alpha course that had 15 to 20 people in it, uh, working with the local Anglican church completely collaboratively. We don't care whether they end up going to mixed place. Uh, mixed church, not called mixed place, but I'm calling it that. Sounds kind of a Pentecostal church, doesn't it, then? St. Mary's, or mixed place, uh, or here. Don't care. Let's get people saved. Amen? Amen? So, if that's you, come talk to me and God lead us. Now, this week, for our 714 this week, we are going to have prayer walks and meetings in all nine locations where we have campuses and outreach locations, okay? Um, So that's what's going to happen this Wednesday, 714. You'll all get the emails. You'll see it on social media. There'll be a place to meet at 714 in uh, Kingswood and Cottingham and Brough and Driffield and the Quadrant and Hedden and Louth and two other places I haven't mentioned at least. But listen, let's start pounding the region in prayer. Let's get out of our pandemic paralysis. Anybody been there? It was really weird booking the first holiday. We, we, we went to Corfu a couple of months ago. It's really weird booking that for the first time because for the first time in my life, I felt fear over booking a plane flight. Anybody else? Anybody managed to go abroad? And think, Why am I feeling so hesitant? I would have before that called that that's the Lord telling us we shouldn't go. And we have been in some miraculous situations where we felt, God, no, 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 you're not to go to that. We were going to go to Prague, I think it was, once years ago. And I just felt this inner thing of, nah, don't go. And there was a massive gas explosion on the very street where we would have been staying. 
I'm not saying we would have been harmed, we might have been harmed, but the, the main thing was the whole place was shut down, so we would have never got to our hotel anyway. Uh, you know, God is looking after us. So there's hesitation that comes from the spirit, never fight that. But there's also fear and paralysis post-pandemic, don't you think? And you have to get your lean in back and go, no, come on, let's go for it. There is actually joy waiting the other side of just a smidge of confidence. Don't let the enemy steal your confidence, say you're too old, too weak, too tall, too short, whatever, not skilled enough. You know, the great Christian life does live the other side of confidence. That's why it says over and over again, one for every day of the year, fear not. You've got to get into the boldest version of you to go have some fun with God. Amen? And so finally, uh, we'll, we'll, like I say, we'll look at West Hull uh, next year. But let's, uh, yeah, maybe next year. We'll just, keep, no, next week. And um, all right, let's talk about Kingswood. Oh, Andrew, you're going to have fun. It's going to be great. So the Kingswood story, God started leading us to Kingswood about a decade ago. And we, we, we went kind of headed up that way and ended up with the Kingswood House Centre we have now. God had been leading us that way, as you know, well, Talk about it uh, again uh, to, to build a building. But let's just deal with this for a minute. God led us there and we were looking around. And I remember passing, seeing Kingswood House, if you've been in it. And it used to be a solicitor's and I saw that it was up to let. And Vicky had started Little Angels, a mother and toddler group, Vicky and her mum, Sue, uh, in Bridlington Avenue. And, you know, sometimes you just have to follow the favor and keep trusting God. Who knows that destiny is sometimes just dot to dot. And you think you know more, but there's some things you think you're going to that you're just going through. And so you just keep following the leadership of God. And so we, we, we shifted this little angels group from, from Bridlington Avenue that used to get two or three mums from the local estate turn up, up to Kingswood, and within six months had 400 families on the books. Just by moving three and a half, four miles, something like that. And then that began to grow and we had to get staff because we needed more groups and all that kind of thing. And essentially, this kind of relationship has developed with the people on Kingswood. And we really feel God is leading us there. And as you probably know now, we're essentially going to have Kingswood House for rent free if we develop this community centre, which is required by planning of Kingswood Parks in order to build their next section of homes. Um, and so they've been refurbing it. They've expanded it to be about a 100-seater. We're going to be putting New Life Support, which is Steve Green's kind of community development charity that we have in Goole. In Goole, we have a campus with a community charity in it, uh, uh, a Christian community charity. They do incredible work there. Well, we're going to be developing the same thing on Kingswood, a Christian a community charity uh, operating out of a campus. So it means you've got youth work and mother and toddler work and, and family work going on all week whilst you're also able to see people saved and lives transformed. And we are trusting God for harvest on Kingswood, people to get saved. Amen. I mean, I'm, I'm liking it. I haven't seen it yet, but we've got the, the baptismal pool outside in the sun at Kingswood House this afternoon. It's going to be fun. Just pray baptism after baptism after baptism in that place. Amen. And then I know I will say, because so it's an aside, because I know we haven't had formal members meetings properly about this yet. Of course, yes, we were going to build a thousand seat hall uh, after Brexit and after COVID. That's going up to four million. So we said we are not going to do that. I, I absolutely prophetically from people from the outside 
was really warned we cannot just rack up in this season a massive mortgage and keep going ahead. Neither can we, after COVID, rely on a congregation, you know, going from four to five to six to seven, 800 and that sort of thing. We are in a different world. And so I hope you can see, as disappointed as we all are, and probably none of you are quite as disappointed as I've been, but I believe there's wisdom in what we're doing. Uh, and we're just following God. So we essentially have about half a million pounds uh, restricted for the building in Kingswood in the funds, and then we have about uh, £300,000 of other savings. We are going through a purposefully slow process of the legalities, the moralities, and then God, so what are you saying and where are we going as we go through that? Okay, and so we're working through a a steady decision-making process, but we have uh, people to reach and things that God wants us to do, and we believe we're going to end up with some kind of headquarters in the area, uh, but not quite as big as was planned, but also campuses and missional communities all over the region. And we're just going to trust God with that. But we're not rushing back with a decision of, oh, it's going to be this, now it's going to be that. Sometimes, and here's a lesson for your own life too, you just have to slow down. And as much as a personality like me wants to rush, you just got to go, no, you just got to wait for the captain to speak. I believe he's led us to this place. Had I retraced the last 10 years, in all honesty, I would have made no different decision. He's he's allowed us to go on this journey and to get these savings together in the bank. And we sit here today in a blessed place as much as I've had to work through my own grief over the last thing you want as a leader is to lead people one day and then say, it didn't work, I'm sorry. It's devastating to the trust in a leader. So nobody feels it more than me. It does keep me awake at night. Um, but we will trust God, he will lead us forward. And like I say, I wouldn't have made a different decision along the way. So I'm trusting, like the woman whose stone moved and then they cut her open and it was actually a blessing that she was in great pain at my service, I believe one day we will go, look what God did. He was clever. Yes, we could see it irritated the life out of Jared, but God was clever. And so let's take this as a life lesson for all of us. But where God has led us, is a free building on Kingswood that's being refurbed for free. And now we're going to plant Andrew and a team in there. And I want you to come and share vision, Andrew, what, what you feel God's saying to do there. And um, let's begin an adventure. Amen. So as we shift into two campuses, remember, uh, uh, about once a month, we are going to be meeting all together again with guest speakers and band, doing the whole fun, big shambury stuff that we like every now and then. But I believe it's really important we get smaller, get missional, and go reach the region. So, Andrew, come on, go for it, mate. Then we're going to pray for everything that moves. Awesome. Well, um, it's exciting, exciting stuff. Let me just um, read uh, scripture, and I'll refer back to this in a sec. But um, story, we all know one of the most famous parables that Jesus told, the story of the prodigal son. I uh, won't read it all, but I'll just read from the bit where he kind of comes to his senses in the pigsty. And it says, humiliated, the son finally, finally realized what he was doing. And he thought, there are many workers at my father's house who have all the food they want with plenty to spare. They lack nothing. Why am I here dying of hunger, feeding these pigs and eating their slop? I want to go back home to my father's house and I'll say to him, father, I was wrong. I've sinned against you. I'll never be worthy to be called your son. Please, father, just treat 
treat me like one of your employees. So the young son set off for home from a long distance away. His father saw him coming dressed as a beggar and great compassion swelled up in his heart for his son who was returning home. So the father raced out to meet him. He swept him up in his arms, hugged him dearly and kissed him over and over with tender love. Then the son said, Father, I was wrong. I have sinned against you. I could never deserve to be called your son. Just let me be. The father interrupted and said, son, you're home now. Turning to his servants, the father said, quick, bring me the best robe. Uh, and we all know the rest of the uh, rest of the story. Um, I think uh, we're all f- uh, familiar with the verse that Jesus spoke when he, he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful. And I think if that could be said of anywhere um, in our region, it would be Kingswood because it is a rapidly growing and expanding um, suburb in the city. There's houses being put up all the time. We got restaurants and schools. We got more Costa coffees. Someone told me they're putting another Costa coffee on uh, on Kingswood. So we got three Costa coffees, which will be uh, wild. Uh, but there's so many houses, homes, young families, especially in that area, and no established Christian church. No gospel outreach in that area. So that means there are thousands of people who don't have a local church in their own parish. And we need to change that. Amen. We want to see people in Kingswood for the opportunity um, to be part of a church in their community, in their area. Um, so there's three words that really, uh, when I kind of think about Kingswood and been praying about, about starting a campus there, there's three words uh, that really have been on my heart. None of this is kind of uh, real radical stuff, but the first one will be this, family. God says that he sets the solitary in family. Uh, we want Kingswood campus to feel like a family. And really, that, that's, th- there's two elements to that. Firstly, we want everyone to feel like they're welcome. I love uh, that passage there where the father just says, Son, you're home now. And if there's one thing that I'm praying more than anything else, it's that when people walk into Kingswood house, they feel, Son, daughter, you're home now. Whether that's someone who has never been in church before, whether it's a prodigal who maybe came to church years ago but have not been in recent years, or whether it's just a church member who's had a tough, stressful, busy week, when they walk through those doors, there's a sense of, I'm home. I'm in family. This place feels like home. So everyone welcome, but also, and here's a challenge, everyone involved. Um, who knows, in, in a good family, everyone plays their part. Everyone's got something to do. And Jared's already touched on this. We really don't want anyone just to be a bum on a seat. We don't anyone just to be a church attender. We want every single person who's part of Kingswood Campus to be involved, to be busy, to be serving, to be ministering, whether that's helping do all the stuff that needs to be done to run a Sunday service or whether it's reaching out into the community during the week. We believe that everyone's got a part to play. Uh, we mentioned this uh, last Sunday when I was preaching. Um, 
We need as many vessels as possible to do what God wants to do on Kingswood. So to create that sense of family, we want everyone involved and we want everyone to feel welcome. The whole body working, serving, ministering, moving together. So that's the first thing, family. Second thing, the gospel. Who knows that the message of Jesus changes lives? Who knows that the message of Jesus still saves, still heals, still delivers? And so this may seem obvious, but I've been to enough churches over the past few years to say that this is not the case in every church. We want the person of Jesus to be right at the center of everything. Every song, every prayer, every message, everything we do, we want the name of Jesus to be exalted, to be lifted up, and we want the gospel to be right at the heart of everything. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that every uh, every service is, uh, is kind of a seeker-friendly outreach because we're still a church. We want to disciple, we want to teach, we want to do all that kind of stuff. But we want to make sure that in every service, if someone comes in, who has never been to church before, um, there is an element where the gospel is proclaimed and they have an opportunity to respond to Jesus. And we believe on a regular basis, we're going to see people come to Christ and get radically saved by the message of Jesus. Amen. And then the third thing is quite simply presence. We're, we're, we're a Pentecostal church, right? And so we want the presence of God to be there. Uh, we want to be a house of glory, a place of miracles, a place of the presence of God. We want prayer and worship to be right, right at the heart of everything we do. We've already talked about um, opening up some Sunday evenings, maybe once a month or every six weeks or so, where we can just worship and uh, pray for the sick and prophesy out for each other and just have some real powerful uh, times of encounter. So we're looking at all that kind of stuff to really continue that sense of we're a Pentecostal, spirit-filled church uh, where we want the glory of God uh, to be there. I I want revival. Anyone else? Uh, We're we're not just here to play church. We want a move of the Holy Spirit. So um, in terms of Sundays, we're not kind of totally reinventing the wheel of church. We're still going to meet. Um, on Sunday mornings at 10.30. Of course, we're going to do all the stuff that you would normally do in church. We're going to worship. We're going to sing together. We're going to preach and teach from the Bible. We're going to pray. We're going to have communion. Uh, We're going to do all that kind of stuff. However, um, we really want to continue to develop this idea that we've Uh, we've uh, kind of talked about quite a lot over the past couple of years, which is that church is not just about a pulpit. Church is about tables. And so we want to create as much opportunity as possible um, for family, for relationship, for a good Christian word, fellowship, um, and for that sense of being sat around tables deepening our sense of community and so of course we're going to have uh, we'll be able to have coffee and biscuits and all that stuff before uh, before every service um, the fact that we're in kind of a, a smaller gathering will enable us to do that we've also talked about maybe some Sunday afternoons breaking down into pastoral houses where we can have lunch together in the different pastoral house groups and just a, a time of just fellowship a relationship over tables, over food together, 
We've talked about starting men's groups and women's groups, short courses, alpha, anything we can do where we can break down even smaller to really develop that sense of we're a family, we're in relationship, we're, we're doing life around tables together. We really want to develop that uh, as much as possible. But of course, as Jared has already mentioned, um, we want to see people saved and we want to reach out into Kingswood as much as possible. We're really blessed that we've got pretty much a free building that we can use as a community center. As Jared has already mentioned, Steve Green and New Life Support are going to be doing work out of Kingswood House, uh, continuing to reach families through works that we've already got, like Little Angels, um, continuing to reach out into, into youth. I know they've already been out on the streets chatting to some of the young people around, around Kingswood, and some of them are really desperate for just a place where they can gather for, to play and table tennis and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so we're believing that not only we're going to see some of the mums and families saved out of little angels, we're also going to see some teenagers and young people who maybe would never dream of setting foot on, uh, into church on a Sunday morning. We're believing that many of them are going to give their lives to Jesus. Amen. Uh, not only you think and kids, but I know we, we've already talked, some people have talked about maybe doing some stuff for the elderly as well, coffee mornings and stuff that we can do uh, for some of the older people in, on Kingswood as well. Of course, we've already got CMA, which helps out uh, those that are struggling financially and in debt. They're going to move back into, into Kingswood House and do uh, the incredible work that they do out of Kingswood House as well. People have talked about doing stuff for uh, uh, kind of uh, people struggling with mental health and uh, victims of trauma and all kinds of stuff. So it really is a blank canvas. We can do uh, whatever, whatever God leads us to do. And this is a real key, isn't it? Because Jesus said the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And this is a challenge, isn't it? That, uh, you know, sometimes what church leaders do is that they'll announce to the church, we're doing this outreach, we're doing this project, we're putting on this meeting uh, without really putting any thought into who's actually going to do it. And then they spend weeks and months kind of begging for helpers and begging for volunteers and everybody gets burnt out and stressed out and, and, and weary. We don't want to do that. We want the law to build the house. And we don't just want to put stuff on for the sake of it. Really, what I believe as a, as a leader, one of my main jobs is to keep the fire burning, to keep the presence of God moving, uh, to keep, and in that sense of prayer and the Holy Spirit, I'm believing that God is going to speak to people. And people are going to come and say, you know what, I've got a heart for this. I've got a passion for this. I've got a desire for this people group, for this outreach ministry to start this. And as many vessels as there are, as much outreach we can do. Um, just to, uh, Jared mentioned about um, Costa Coffee. Um, so I had a meeting a few weeks ago with uh, one of my kind of... Um, great revival heroes is a guy called John G. Lake, who back in the, I guess, 1800s, maybe late 1800s, early 1900s, he started a thing in America called Healing Rooms, where people that were sick uh, would book into a healing room. I think they had a big house in Chicago, and they would just, they had a, a, a team there that would pray for healings and miracles, and they saw 
hundreds, thousands of documented miracles, incredible. Uh, well, this idea of healing rooms has kind of been revived initially in America, and now it's come over to the UK as well. But the really exciting thing is... Um, I mean, having a house kind of in the country where people get prayed for, I think it's a really cool thing. But what they're doing here in the UK, the people that run healing rooms, is that, as Jared mentioned, they're running them in Costa Coffee. And so um, the, the, the people head up in Costa Coffee have given permission, exactly as Jared said, uh, that healing rooms can book slots book tables in Costa and people that, again, maybe would never come to a Sunday morning meeting or would never come to a healing service with an evangelist, they'll come to Costa, they'll get a, a, you know, a coffee and a cake and while they're sat opposite someone, they can share what's wrong with them and then they'll be ministered healing. And so I, I was chatting to a lady from this region who was like, we, we want healing rooms in Costa Coffee. Um, all in this region. So I was like, fantastic. I was like, we've got two Costas, now three, on Kingswood. We've got one in, here in Cottingham. Um, I was like, we'll, we'll do some healing rooms. Sound good? Yeah, imagine that. Loads of unsaved people in Costa, in Cottingham, in Kingswood, receiving prayer for healing, going away healed and touched by the power of God. That sounds like something we should do, right? But, but here's a challenge. Um, uh, she said, well, the one in Yorkshire is going to be in Halifax. So I was like, well, great, but we want it here in Hull. So she was like, well, we'll do it if you've got enough revived members who want to be part of it. So that's a challenge, isn't it? We can all get excited about, yeah, we want to see people healed and the loss reached and all that kind of thing. But we need workers. And you can, uh, you can have the same conversation when it comes to reaching the elderly, reaching families, reaching kids, reaching youth. There's so much we can do, but we need the body of Christ to rise up and say, you know what, I'm a vessel. And here I am, wholly available, as I think we did. We sing that last week. Um, so the harvest is plentiful. The workers are not few. Because um, I know there's many people who are saying, you know what, I'm up for it. I'm up for an adventure. Um, and so over the next few weeks, months, years, we're believing not only for a, a great church to be established on Kingswood that's full of the presence of God and worship and teaching and all the things that we love, but we're also believing for a place where many, many people are going to come to Christ as well. And that whole community um, is going to hear the gospel. And um, there you go. We serve him till we die, and then it gets good. Amen. Wonderful. I, I meant to say, with new life support being in Kingswood, this is something to pray about and, and look out for them. There will be three, four, five uh, paid jobs coming up probably this autumn in Kingswood area, all part of helping us to reach that community. So if that is some of the interest, you keep an eye out. Maybe even register your interest with the office if you want to. Just write to Lucy, uh, just so we've got uh, names on file. But there's all kinds of roles coming up this autumn. Uh, some of it grant-funded, some of it church-funded. Uh, but there's going to be roles for us to go and reach as well with, with employed roles too. So, hey, good times. Amen. God bless you. See you soon.